Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Early reports from Bradenton. Paul Skeen's throw so hard, he's breaking uh, gloves. He broke Quinn Priester's glove while just playing catch today. It was thrown in there so hard during long toss session, I guess. <laughs> and if you want to get clicks, if you want retweets and likes, if you're covering spring training, just put out video of Paul Skeens throwing fastballs. Because that gets Pirates fans very, very aroused. Been very, very excited about the prospect of watching him in AAA for the start first the two months. Start the season at Indy. I was just going to say, start the season at Indy before bringing the uh, hard-throwing game to the big leagues. All right, Donnie's going to host from 6 to 10.35 tonight. We're excited about that. He's got a doubleheader. The Pirates' win total is on the rise. Let's have a conversation about the state of the team as they get to spring training. We'll take some calls on it, too. We haven't heard Pirates fans on our show in a very long time. Really, it's been months since we've had a conversation that's gotten your voice heard on it, 412-928-9370. Win total opened at 74.5. It's been bet up to 75.5. They won 76 last year, so the bar is set at last season. Will they match or exceed what they did last year? If you bet the over, that's what you're picking. If you bet the under, you're saying you think they'll be worse than last year's 76 and 86 season. Uh, Before we get into how we feel about that, what we would pick, let me say it is disappointing to me that the odds makers think the Pirates are in park, that they're right where they finished last year. Because I was hoping, and we'll see if it plays out this way, but I was hoping that last year was like a springboard to competitiveness, to relevance, that if we're looking at the last time the Pirates got good, that this was 2023 was the 2012 season all over again. And they pushed late, unlike that team, which collapsed late, but they got close to 500 late in the year. And, okay, make some big moves the following offseason. Now you only have to be, what, the sixth best team in the National League to make the playoffs? What was Arizona's record last year? They won, I think, 84 games? Yeah. Okay. You go from 76 to 84. That's not a huge jump or leap. And then the wild crapshoot that is the postseason means anything that can happen. Yeah, we're seeing teams that barely get in. The Phillies two years ago, the Diamondbacks this season go on playoff runs. So that honestly, when the offseason started, was not inconceivable for me. 
Uh, so that's why the fact that the people that set these numbers, it's depressing to me that they didn't think the Pirates on paper looked better than last year's year and make than last year's team and make that number, I don't know, like 79 and a half or 80 and a half. Based, you know, based on what the team has done this offseason. Like, ask you, the question, do you think the Pirates are going to have a winning record in 2024? Okay. Yes or no? Put the number there. 80 and a half, 81 and a half, something you, like that. Based on the offseason that they've had, do you, you're disappointed that that's where the odds makers ended up with or came down with. Do you think they deserved to be higher based on the offseason that they had? Would you, if you were in charge of setting the Pirates line, so you have to take into account what everybody else did, what they did, and how that all shakes out, Give me the line that Andrew Filipponi, professional odds maker, would have set here. Uh, I would have set it at 76 and a half. I would have set it one win higher. Why? Because they're getting Cruz back. Mm-hmm. So that is a big addition. Yep. And at some point, they'll have, I think, one of the best young pitchers in baseball on their roster. Mm-hmm. But it won't be for the entire season. So I think that's an upgrade, and I like their bullpen. So those three things would have me thinking that they're equal to or or a tick better than last year's team. Those three things. You're asking me where I would would set the number there for that reason. But if I'm going to just say this right now, I'm, I'm very concerned about pitching looks like. They're starting pitching to me is a real Debbie Downer, and that's why I'm starting the season. I'm like the Missouri of the Pirates. I, I They need to show me. I'm in a show-me mode with them. Do you know what that, I want to be pleasantly, what that reference is, I want Donnie? To be pleasantly, show me? They're like I want Missouri? To be, I want to be pleasantly surprised by what they do. But if I, gun to my head, if I had to make a bet 75 and a half over or under, I would go under today. Now, the caveat there is one of your worst, probably your worst bet of all time was a season over under win total for the Seattle Mariners yeah, that's in where 2008. Yes, I hoodwinked my dad into giving me my graduation present in the and form instead of, of investing it cash, in stocks. Yes. You said, I can do better on win totals, and then you promptly lost it all in one bet. And the bet, I believe you said, was pretty much DOA by June. Yeah, the Mariners had a win total of 87 and a half, and they lost over 100 games. Um, it's, Was that a harbinger of things to come for me? Yes. <laughs> Uh, so I would set it at under what I would a take the under on 75 and a half B I think I'd say well, why it, would you bet the under well a couple of things here I'll list the positives they get Cruz back that's the biggest positive by a considerable margin I actually do agree that as much as I kind of rolled my eyes at it in the context of a starting pitcher discussion like how frustrating it is that they didn't do more to their starting pitching uh, or for their starting pitching they appear to have created a good bullpen although we already know basically by, like, Jason Mackey's analysis of things, they he doesn't expect a role as Chapman to be there past the trade deadline. He does, he does not. Okay, so we know that, that like, the most plugged-in insider doesn't even think Chapman's going to be there. The rest of the guys, they got innings eaters. Perez is an innings eater as a starter. The one guy that ever— Gonzalez. Gonzalez is an innings eater. He's like, I think both guys, you can squint and say maybe they'll regain their form, but they're innings eaters right now. Their best pitcher is going to start the season in AAA— He's going to understandably be on an innings restriction. It might be that only 110 or so innings get thrown at the big league level by that guy. My presumption is that he play he ends up as their best pitcher almost from the second he joins the major league club. He is their ace and better than Keller. And that's not like taking a shot at Keller, but Keller tailed off a little bit last year. And then here's the real reason. 
They started last year without O'Neill Cruz for almost the entirety of this first month, like technically month plus. They started in March. They were 20 and 9 on May 1st on an off day. They played still th- hard to believe that that was the I case. I know. And they were outscored. They weren't doing it with smoke and mirrors. They Shelton were out- got himself the contract extension. They were outscoring teams by a lot of runs. They looked like a team that was just against all odds kicking the absolute unholy bejesus out of everyone they saw. Thought they were going to win a bad division at that point. I think you said they were, and I didn't even say like I could I could necessarily blame you because they had gotten themselves such a head start. Then they proceeded to play 56 and 77 from that day forward, which was second worst in the National League ahead of only the Rockies who were 1583, 421 ball. Now, I would say in the crucible of a major league season, which is 162 games, 29 games at the start doesn't tell who you are, or really any 29-game stretch doesn't say who you are. The other 131 or 133 games does. And for those other 133 games, they struggled to win even 40% of them. You tell me what a 40%, uh, 42% winning percentage is out of 162. Uh, it ain't many wins. The Andy Rodriguez injury, which I think is the last time we really talked about the Pirates, I think it's a killer, man. They don't want to play Henry Davis at catcher. There's reports that he's going to start at AAA. And instead of having an up-and-coming, really exciting catcher open the season there, let's see what he can do for 162 games at the major league level, Instead, projected starting lineup right now, we've got a 35-year-old catcher in there, Yasmani Grandal, man. Who's two years removed from being good. So, Fangraphs has their starting lineup like this. O'Neal Cruz leading off playing short. Brian Reynolds playing left and batting second. Key Brian Hayes, who did come on in the second half of last season, that's one reason to be optimistic or hopeful, batting third, playing uh, third base. McCutcheon DH and batting cleanup. McCutcheon shouldn't be batting cleanup. Sawinski, five in center. Crushes right-handed pitching. Is Can't a straight, get a hit is against a straight up platoon player, though. Yep. I mean, he's a straight platoon guy. T- uh, Tellez batting sixth at first. Grandal catching batting seventh. Pagaro playing second batting eighth. And they've still got Josh Palacios as their starter in right field. Nice player. Fourth outfielder for me. You know, I like the first three guys in that player. Line. I like if Cruz is the guy they think he is, I like the first three spots in that lineup. If Hayes can continue to and hit Hayes, like he did in the second half of last year. if finally discovered something, you have a good one, two, three. Obviously, everyone's happy to see Andrew McCutcheon back, and I think he can still be a useful offensive player, but more if he's hitting like seventh for a good team. Getting on base, drawing walks, like starting rallies, occasionally knocking one out of the, of the park. McCutcheon, Sawinski, Tellez, Grandal, Grandal, Piguero Palacios, four to nine. How many teams have it worse than that on average? Well, teams that are trying to be teams good that this are year. teams that teams that are striving are to make a run at the playoffs, being competitive. Their rotation, according to Fangraphs, Keller, Perez, Gonzalez, Luis Ortiz, Bailey Falter. I liked Ortiz going into last season. Then he blew up. I, I, you want to give him a second chance. I don't think he should be their fourth starter. And then it's, Falter it's is just a, a body. It's He's more somebody of, with a pulse. How, okay, but how many of those guys are just bodies, basically? Priester's not even in it. No. Well, not not that he er, deserves a, to be in spot, it. He doesn't. Like, concerning that he's okay. not I mean, it's hilarious it. that they had Skeens playing catch with Priester because based on what we saw from Priester, Skeens is like setting gloves on fire he's throwing it so hard and priester it's you're not even hearing a pop the stuff when that, the ball gets the stuff thrown that back to Skeens. Skeens he threw pro- pus he threw like the softest 
cupcake stuff I've ever seen. It made no sense. He was topping up like 89, like he's Jamie Moyer right. in his they prime. Cut, like five or six miles came off his fastball. Skeens' stuff that he was probably throwing to Priester in catch, probably harder to hit than Priester's actual game stuff was last year. That's another, uh, just quickly here, that's another thing that, that has me betting the under on 75 and a half. And this is just, a, to me, it's almost an immutable fact, Pony. Guys seemingly get worse with them, especially pitchers. Do you disagree with that basic premise? Quinn Priester, we heard about it. Remember the fastball popped in the mid to high 90s as a high schooler? Keller's gotten better. Ke okay, after what, though? A long, hard road to get him to this point. It was not easy. You and I said Mitch Keller looked like a complete bust, and to his credit, he has dragged himself out of it. He looked like he was Tyler Glass now 2.0 for this team. I just, I do not, because I have seen it happen, I would love to say differently because this is something they need to be good at. I do not have faith that guys are going to make leaps and bounds improvements, especially among young pitchers when they're in this organization. All right, let's see. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.